the city, we'll be fine Blowing up like dynamite, I never meant to make you cry Make your mind up Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast You're very welcome, as usual, it's your host, Scott Patterson And joining me as per normal, we've got a regular podder, Tommy McIntyre, joining us Hi Tommy, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you, evening to you both Thank you for your time very yeah, you should. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> very pleased to see that. Uh, for this week, we're really pleased. Very special guest joining us from beautiful Belfast. We have Graham Hanna, the, the writer with Vital Rangers. Graham, hi. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Yes, pleasure, Scott. Uh, good to be with yourself and Tommy tonight for the podcast. Good man. So this week's podcast... Thank you for that. Nice to meet you, Graham. <laughs> This week's podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. You can contact them at your next available opportunity on 01453 887179. They're also available by email, hello at hhhoncapitalsmortgages.com. You can get them via their company website at all the W's, hhhmortgages.com, and they're also available under a similar bracket HHH Mortgages via Facebook. If you're on Facebook, of course, we recommend you give them a shout. If you do so, mention ourselves, this Cybrox, and they will look after you very well indeed. Tommy, seven points left to go and it's a done deal. You would have taken that at the start of the season, would you not? I, I, well, yeah, I expect this to be further ahead, to, to be honest with you at this point. I expect it to be in the bag. Uh, no, you, listen, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think even the most positive glass half full Rangers fan would have in the quieter moments thought that we would be in a title race I mean I generally thought we'd win the title this season I'm not just saying that retrospectively but I was actually speaking to supporters of other clubs um, last night <laughs> no reason why um, but um, and I was saying I, I fully expected it to be a relatively tight title race you know neck and neck going into the the back end of March into April and stuff like that before somebody would make a break for it. Rangers have been amazingly consistent and it's that consistency piece that Stephen Gerrard's been talking since iteration one to iteration three and have finally delivered on that and it's been coupled with uh, an implosion across the city at Celtic. The, The latter part of that, the implosion, shouldn't take away from just how dynamic, how ruthless and how consistent Rangers have been. Yeah. and how Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team have made that. But yeah, to back to your question, we cycle into what we're recording this on the 22nd of February, and we're seven points away from a, a title that, on the bad side of the ledger on 2012, seemed a long way away, and on 2021, is so deserved that it should probably already be here, because we are, without any shadow of a doubt, the best team in the country the best team in the country, the most ruthless team in the country, the most talented team in the country, and the best team in the country to watch. So, yeah, seven points. I fully expect us to get those seven, and for 55 to be duly delivered, courtesy of uh, lots of people, but Mr Stephen Gerrard. Graham, I've seen an interesting graphic today, and it detailed, it goes back to the the start of the year when Rangers won one nothing. At, at the Old Firm game. And that put us, if memory serves me right, 19 points clear and they had three games still to play. Um, they've now played those three games and they're one point better off. Um, I think that illustrates just how you off air, if you like, we've used how we've, we've had our, our foot in the throat. It's been continuous since that game, Ibrox, hasn't it? But don't you know, Celtic have still to play us twice. 
Exactly. No, listen, <laughs> we can say it, you know, without any hesitation, the league flag is coming home. Yes, you know, we've, we've had to put up with, you know, going back to, to last season, it was us, you know, it was the, the blind hope, you know, the faith of putting a few wins together and this is how, you know, we've turned the corner uh, and then it would be followed up uh, by a, a bad result. Uh, like the one that Celtic had last night at, at Ross County, but you know that's that's on them. Our our form has been excellent. You know we have set the pace, we have lasted the pace, we're still going. Uh, you know this is down to what we have done, yeah. uh, the good work of, of our team. The ghosts of January past are are gone. You know it was very important. Uh, going back to last month. You know, I always remember looking at that run of games and the vital game at, at Easter Road uh, until Thursday night there. We were on a, a run of four games, just scoring one goal. Uh, the draw at Hamilton uh, was included with that. Uh, so over the last two games, uh, we've scored eight goals. You know, this, in going back to Walter Smith's three in a row, you know, we were kind of getting into Kyle Lafferty time as it was <laughs> I think at this stage you're going to see a bit of freestyling we saw from Joe Rebo yesterday the Europa League will raise the levels you know Gerard spoke about that in the last few days the finish line is getting closer yep. uh, Stephen Gerard mentioned in the press conference yesterday that it's only natural you know to, to think uh, but not to get carried away it's coming the players know it. We know it. There are still there is still a seven point swing uh, to be negotiated, uh, but we've almost done it. Uh, we're almost there. If I can just add something to, to that, because I completely agree with everything that, that Graham's uh, Graham said there. It's probably worthwhile just taking a a beat and reminding ourselves that I was actually talking in work today in my normal job and I, um, to my shame, used the phrase ruthless prioritisation, right? Um, yeah, you can all laugh at me later on <laughs> off camera, right? Um, yeah, in, in between saying boy sky thinking and deal with the crocodiles closest to the canoe, obviously, right? But So I was saying ruthless prioritisation. Rangers and Steve and Gerald, the management team, everybody, and I always bang on about this iteration process. You know, you start with iteration one, it's now iteration three. And the squad's been able to get not only quality, but quality mentality round about it, right? But Rangers have been able to prioritise on a number of fronts, right? Whilst I think absolutely objectively keeping the league title front and centre of their ruthless prioritisation. It's why they've been able to get, as Graham quite rightly says, into a position in their mind that they weren't looking too far ahead. They got over the ghosts of last year and the January hoodoo, um, the January curse, the January people wanting it to be a curse because that's the only way we'd have been caught this season. And the disappointments of things like the League Cup final and then St Mirren putting us out of the League Cup this season as well. Rangers then knuckled straight down. And I think the, the ability to react and win games, even when the reaction wasn't classic football, it was a grit reaction is maybe the big difference between now th this season and last season. We could play really good football in spells last season and we'd get undone by a bit of stupid defending or we wouldn't concentrate across or we'd switch off and we'd end up losing because we'd panic a little bit. 
particularly coming off the back of a bad result. This season, to Graham's point again, we'll score one goal and then we'll let you try and break us down because we are rock solid. And that takes a mentality shift that is not easily obtained when you can't already point to a trophy in the cabinet. And this team has been able to manufacture that and this management team have been able to manufacture that without playing siege mentality politics, without playing to the gallery, without silverware to say, remember we did that, guys. But just by concentrating on the ruthless prioritisation in front of you, concentrating on their game and believing in their talent, that's a significant change and significant difference from anybody else in this country. Tommy, amidst the, the, the sort of fun of the impending 55, of course, we, we travelled to, to Belgium last Thursday night for a round of 32 tie against Antwerp. Without question, one of the craziest games I think I've ever watched as a Rangers supporter. I'm 41 years a fan. Hard to believe I know, but it's true. Um, and <laughs> I genuinely don't think I've seen such a, a bonkers game um, anywhere that, that we've been involved in, whether it's in this country or, or in our travels, indeed. Uh, I want to focus on on one man in particular. I felt the performance of Alfredo Morelos for the duration of the game was absolutely outstanding. I thought he was really, really good last Thursday um, and his performance deserved everything and, and just couldn't get that goal in the end. I, I agree. And it's, it's interesting to be asked a question by Benjamin Button, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'll so, take that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and answer it as quickly as I can before you disappear off my screen. Uh, and uh, what else can I say about Belgium? Well, I don't want to waffle on, but it was a stellar performance, right? Uh, <laughs> as my Belgian jokes out of the way, you'll be, you'll be happy to hear. I, I need to go now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Graham's, Graham's had enough already. I don't blame don't you, Graham. Enjoy this. I told you to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair response, Graham, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, but you're absolutely right. You know, the, the lazy comparison easy comparison, I should say, probably, would be, oh, that's what it feels like to have been the Spartak Moscow fans, or um, Royal Antwerp had a touch of the Unaria Ursa Jennies about them, that everything they seemed to hit when in the back of the net, yeah, absolutely. You know, by, by and large. Do I think we're better than them? Yes, we are. That wasn't your question. The question was Alfredo Morelos, and you're absolutely right. It is absolutely... Well, it's not hard to describe, right? But it's absolutely key to people understanding what Morelos offers off the ball. Yeah. You know, to and then comparing the ledger to what he offers on it. So I don't particularly think that Morelos is a natural finisher. I don't actually think that's a pretty particularly controversial comment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a goal scorer, but he's not a finisher, right? It, it isn't really that great sometimes when it comes to that, right? But his ability is unparalleled to make opposing defences think about him. Yeah. They will come out of their shape to engage with him. He riles them up in a way that isn't as um, overt as maybe the Scottish media and Scottish refereeing and fans would make you think. He's very, very smart and he's very, very tricky that way. He wins a lot of free kicks very simply because he can bring defenders in. And then because they're thinking about him, he opens up gaps and into those gaps pour our midfielders, much like happened in Belgium as well and stuff like that as well, and and at the weekend. You know, I'll, if you just looked at Alfredo Morelos and said goals or goals to shots ratios or anything like that, you would think he was middling. I think what makes him different class is his ability to pull teams out of their, their own comfortable shape and defenders not realising that they've drawn themselves into a one-on-one battle. Yeah. 
and invariably he wins that one-on-one -on -one battle with them. It might not be to score, it might be to set something up, it might be to allow somebody else to set something up, but I imagine if you do the analysis and you watch most of our games, much like Belgium, against Royal Antwerp, I should say, you would see that he's at the heart of everything because people just want to be next to him and they want to get that physical fight. Back to your original question, which was, you know, how good was he uh, against Royal Antwerp? He was fantastic. He did all those things that I've just spoken about there, which is why the management team love him so much and why we haven't let him leave the club so far, um, even though big money you know, was on the table. Big money in italics, obviously, you know, because we can get more for him. But yeah, he, he offers something completely different to like a Kmar roof, uh, Jermaine Defoe, uh, Cedric Itton, and that's the whole point of having a squad where you can get different attributes and different combinations and different permutations. He deserved a goal, actually. And, you know, without jumping ahead in the podcast, his hard work was noticed by the, the gods of football and he got rewarded against Dundee United with, uh, with a, wee easy, a wee easy one, so to speak. Graham, European football tends to bring out the best in Alfredo Morales. I think a lot of the Rangers fans think that. I go back to the, the game in Holland against Feyenoord when he scored the two wonderful headers. Um, I would say it was one of his best games in European football for Rangers. But I, I just thought that his general gameplay last Thursday, um, being in the right place at the right time, for example, just muscling the, the goalkeeper out of the way to, to get the ball to Rebo for the, for the first goal on Thursday night. It was the wee things that he seemed to do really well last Thursday. I thought it was a really polished performance by him. Yes, he was right on it. Um, you know, Tommy was speaking there about his work rate and pulling defenders out of position. Uh, but for me, the the glue to the performance was the fact that his link play uh, was, was spot on. Uh, sometimes he can be a bit sloppy and a bit loose, you know, in, in finding the you know the first time pass or, or finding his teammate uh, who's is running off the ball, uh, but he just seemed to be focused. You know, there was no nonsense uh, with Alfie last Thursday. Uh, he was roughing defenders up. He was turning them, everything that we love about him. Uh, but his, his touch was very good. Off the top of my head, I can't remember if there was an occasion, maybe just the one, uh, where he, he maybe uh, gave the ball away. We also have to remember that you know he came very close to scoring himself uh, for the the first goal. You know the mm. through ball was just a, a bit too long, uh, but he uh, toe poked it back to a rebo, and for our our first penalty, uh, if not for the shirt pull, you know he's in a the sort of optimum position, uh, and he's got a shape right to to nod that in. Uh, but he was involved, you know, massively in, in all four of our goals, you know, including the the two incidents directly uh, leading to to the penalties. Uh, just with Morelos, it's it's consistency. You know, some weeks, you know, we we see him truly on the edge, uh, and you know, we occasionally, you know, lets other things uh, get in the way. But yeah, he was he was fantastic the other night. Uh, he was at the centre of of our display. Graham, I'm going to stick with you because you you refer to consistency, and again, this this involves Morelos. Um, Ryan Kent is a player who I think has been 
unfairly singled out for, for his consistency and his performance. The, the work rate that, that he, he does for the team, I don't think can ever be questioned because I'd, I'd love to see his numbers at, at the end of the season for distance covered, etc. Barisic must love playing on the same side as him because he just never stops. He gives him constant cover. However, um, he obviously came off the bench on Thursday and scored a wonderful, wonderful goal. And you just wonder if it's that those wee moments that these guys need just to, you know, lift their chin up a little bit and, and maintain a bit of good feeling, if you like. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. But what I will say is that Ryan Kent is his own worst enemy. And what I mean by that is that we see brilliance uh, like Thursday night. You know, we have saw him plenty of times against Celtic. Uh, you know, doing the same, uh, or often, you know, on on a similar stage in in Europe, like last week. But again, it's that consistency. Uh, however, let's get real for a moment. If Ryan Kent was producing uh, goals and impacts uh, like he did in Antwerp last week, we wouldn't have him. So you know, I think we need to temper our expectations. Uh, you know, yes, we want to see you know, fifteen goals a season from Ryan Kent, and you know, double figures in terms of assists. And listen, if if you take a step back and look at his contribution as, as well as Giannis Hadji, you know, who's also you know criticised as maybe you know not being on form or whatever it may be, you know, they have had a a significant impact on our our goals and and assists this season. So Ryan Kent doesn't hide, you know, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it appears his feet are too quick for, for his head, uh, but he's a very talented player. Uh, you know, we tend to forget, you know, this is probably just his, what, second, second and a half season as a regular. Uh, he was on loan before with Coventry, with Freiburg in Germany. Hasn't quite worked. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, he's loved, so to speak, at, at Rangers. He trusts the management staff. Uh, you know, he's on record as, you know, having enjoyed working with Mick Bale in the Liverpool setup. Uh, so, you know, he feels part of it. That was a big thing for him in making the move to Glasgow permanent. We're reaping the benefits of that. We all want more. We all want to, you know, to see, to see him get better and to score goals like last Thursday, more often. Uh, you know, if we can have a sort of happy medium, you know, not, not too much of it, or, or else he'll be off. Uh, but at the same time, if he does get a move to England or, or wherever, that means he's doing well, which means the team's doing well. And a time will come, you know, it's probably another conversation for another pod, you know, but we need Ryan Kent and Glenn Kamara and others to in effect, outgrow uh, the Scottish Premiership. We need to see a return on our investment in players to get towards the the self-sustainability that was discussed at the AGM. Uh, But for now, you know, more of the same this Thursday uh, and and hopefully more to come in the Europa League from him. Tommy, another one of the big headlines from last Thursday, other than the the result, the two penalties, Barisic went to fight with the keeper. Um, the 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 big thing for me was obviously losing uh, James Tavernier, the captain, and, and Kimar Roof to to injury the first half. Um, 
a penny for the thoughts of Nathan Patterson, perhaps, last Thursday night, don't you think? Oh, um, probably more than a more than a penny, actually. Um, although the glib response would be, well, they're worthless anyway, so um, so so why bother? Just just before I get into that Patterson question, just picking up on something that Graham had mentioned there. Yeah. You know, I love everybody in the squad, by and large, and want them all to do well, etc. I want everybody to get sold because that's the business model. We bring we bring them in and we make we make retail sales. We're in a profit-driven business, so um, <clears throat> everybody's up for sale. You know, Rangers fans shouldn't be under any illusions about that. You know, depending on how you want to look at it, we are a selling club because that's the business model. We will never generate enough from inside Scotland to be self-sustaining. It has to be predicated on European advancement and then player training. So everybody's up for sale and always uh, always are. It's about you know getting the right value at the right time and just not to not to bookmark um, the Ryan Kent discussion. But whilst we also as fans I agree have to temper our you know expectations, it shouldn't be lost about what he does do off the ball. It also shouldn't be lost about the fact that. Rangers and Steven Gerrard management team set a certain level of expectation because they spent 7.5 million on, if you like. So that's an investment in his future. It's an investment in our club's future and then it's an investment in the bank balance, so to speak. So yeah, the more that um, he has worked with and protected and used at the right times and produces those things like he did um, uh, against Royal Antwerp, so much the better. So somebody does eventually come calling. Um, they're not going to come calling between now and seven points away. So I'm quite a happy chap with that. No, no chance of getting unsettled, um, shall we say. Going back to your, your point, and obviously tremendously sad to see Kemar Roof, and even more so, no, no harm to Kemar Roof, but even more so James Tavernier, who needs to be on the pitch and needs to be fit for when the title is won. Deserves it, deserves it. You know, that will heal all those scars um, that he carries with him, and it's carried with him with a legitimacy that I didn't think he had, if I was being brutally honest. It's nice to be able to eat that type of humble pie. It means a player's doing well, and it means a person's doing well, it means a club's doing well. Happy, happy to go to myself on that type of thing. And I, I think uh, Steve Jarvis said it's only, it should only be a couple of weeks, so we should hopefully see them back. But the moment he went down, and you saw the concerned looks, and you thought, oh, he's shaking it off, and then he went down again. It was more of a shock, actually, because James Tavernier doesn't get injured. James Tavernier does not miss games. He is, an, I mean, I hate the, the phrase robot, but from a physique and a conditioning perspective, he must be an absolute dream to have in your, in your team. Yeah. Because he's, he is absolutely, you know, always in shape and on the, on the pitch. And his performances have been fantastic this season as well. The amount of ground he covers is just obscene. And all honesty, I don't think I'd maybe cover the same amount of ground in a couple of lifetimes. <laughs> so I'm certainly not going to try. But yeah, Nathan Parson sitting at home for the want of going to a late night party where, let's be brutally honest, nothing too exceptional, you know, that you would miss out on for the rest of your life was going to happen. He has wasted, he's, well, he's blown some goodwill he had with the club and with the, the fans. And then he's wasted an opportunity to have been in the team, to be playing in Europe, to be at the tail end of a championship winning team not just in and around the squad, actually on the pitch, to be able to show, in a wider sense as well, he is the coming deputy. You know, more people worship the, the rising than the setting sun, so to speak. And that's not to say that 
uh, James Tavernier's The Setting Sun, but you, you get the point I'm making. Yeah. He could have tried to cement stuff and then made that conversation in pre-season a debate. Do I go with Tav or do I try the new young blood because he played really well towards the end of the season? That's all gone for him right now. That's, that's, that's gone. He now has to look at Leon Balogun, who's got an extra year's option, obviously, uh, in there in the contract as well, and can happily play right back. And doing it, it's doing it really well. Yeah. And you think, okay, Nathan Parson has to knuckle down, has to apologise, has to have that one-to-one sit-down conversation that Steven Gerrard mentioned when, when he, they returned from self-isolation. And think long and hard about what he's done. And is he a... Is he a wee boy who wants to be able to talk about that he was on Rangers Books and was a good thing when he's sitting in the, the boot room at Alloa or Kilmarnock or Falkirk? No disrespect to two of those clubs. Or, or does he want to be the guy who replaces the captain that won 55 and cement his place as a Rangers player and then go on to the Premiership, whatever? You know, two forks, you know, diverged in a yellow wood and all that type of stuff. Um, he has to make that decision and you don't get a better example of how your decision making can crystallise in a moment than that I went to a party I thought I was smarter than the club I thought I was smarter than the guidelines in a pandemic and the next thing you know Mr Consistent breaks down and I could have been on the pitch instead of watching it on the telly I've got pretty limited sympathy for him and Calvin Bassey and the rest of them for example In my own opinion um, particularly with Probably four of them, I think, to be honest with you. Two of them in particular, and you've alluded to this yourself, Graham. you've done as well. Um, they, they're, they're assets, aren't they? And um, football's as fickle in the sense that they, they will one day potentially make us money. I, I think you will see um, at least two of them again in, in a Rangers jersey next season. Now, certainly, I don't suspect you'll see any of them before, before the end of this season. Um, but I suspect we will see... Um, one or two of them uh, next season still in and around the first team squad. Graham, I'm going to come to you next. We obviously took on uh, Dundee United at, at the weekend. You have been lucky enough to 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 make it in Tybrooks the weekend. Rangers continuing the the support of, of of fan media, which is excellent, first class. Um, you were lucky enough to be there for the for the Dundee United game on Saturday. Before we dig into the the tie itself, let us know a little bit about the. The atmosphere and that general experience about going around Ibrox with only the written press and, and guys like yourself there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you know, just to reiterate uh, the gratitude you know for the club uh, getting on board uh, with fan media and you know enabling uh, you know people like myself and you guys as well. Uh, this is Ibrox, uh, sort of yeah, just working uh, in hand uh, with fan media. But, yeah, it was surreal. Uh, I, I posted on my uh, Twitter account, on, on my own page, earlier, uh, at about half one yesterday. Uh, I took a walk down Copeland Road. Uh, so, you know, usually uh, the, the subway would be rumbling, uh, people, you know, piling out of the station, guys standing, uh, selling tickets, uh, programmes, uh, the Loudon across the road, you know, would be bunged. Uh, th- there would be plenty of noise. Uh, the the chippy, the sportsman, uh, you know, would be doing a roaring trade, uh, and others who, who who do a bit, you know, would be would be keeping their tills full. Nothing, uh, you know, it was 
it was surreal. It was, you know, not not quite a ghost town. Uh, there was a bit of traffic uh, going past, uh, but I just wanted to sort of capture that moment uh, and take it in. We're Ninety minutes before Rangers kick off. Hopefully, you know, once things get back to normal, you know, we'll never see that again. Uh, so yes, I was very fortunate uh, to be in attendance, and yeah. Uh, you know, I don't take that that for granted. Uh, it was a privilege. Uh, so basically, just before two p.m. Uh, uh, around the front of the stadium, uh, the accredited media personnel uh, get a quick temperature check, and then you you collect your your match pass uh, from the the security staff. Uh, basically, then you go in, uh, go up the steps, up through the main stand. And you you take your allocated seat. Uh, so from there, you know, just get the the kit set up. Uh, the the staff cr- come around uh, with the the team sheets. Uh, so basically, you start to get a a feel for things. Uh, shortly after the teams were were just finishing uh, their warm ups, you know, obviously we've all you know watched the game so far this season on, on TV. Uh, so looking across uh, from the main stand and on an excellent vantage point just above the director's box, just yeah. behind it, uh, you know, looking out at the banners, looking over at, at my seat uh, in the Broomland front uh, over to BF1 uh, where the union bars would normally be doing their thing. <laughs> and yeah, and then there was the noise, you know, obviously there's nothing, there's no fans. So you're able to hear players. Uh, Alan McGregor, of course, was, you know, very vocal. Uh, some others, shouts from the bench. Uh, it was quite interesting to hear shouts from the director's box uh, and cheering goals as well, uh, things like that. So just a, a different experience. Um very interesting, uh, taking in different sights and sounds. Yesterday, I know I know it was picked up on by Clyde Tilsley on commentary, but the group of pigeons that basically <laughs> kind of went from corner to corner, that sort of did a tour uh, of the of the pitch. You know, don't know if it was related to the the famous pigeon at Hamden for the the one 0 League Cup final against St Mirren. Uh, a few years ago but yeah fantastic experience uh, but productive and beneficial you know I wasn't just there to, to watch the game uh, so yeah very good uh, but you know it's about taking it in uh, but being productive uh, learning and using it to the, the benefit of, of fan media outlets and the Rangers support Tommy fan media is something that I think is is it's open to a bit of opinion, I think, because one of the the great things we do each have as as supporters is we are entitled to to have our own opinion, and some things we'll say that we agree with, and and some things we just don't. My own personal opinion is that is that Rangers are really on the on the front foot with with encouraging fan media just now, aren't they? They are, and you know we obviously have a uh, a relationship with the club here. Uh, this is Ibrox. I think you always get yourself into one particular question, which is how can you draw the the line between being a fan and being an objective 
five media representative and you have to take off the blue tinted specs etc um you know that's not to say you have to be overly negative or anything but you need to be very you know careful you don't just tell a good story for the sake of telling a good story uh, but i agree with you you know rangers in terms of you know engaging with fan media being a digitally native brand the way that they've approached the commercial aspects as well they've you know reinvented themselves in the modern era uh, which has been you know transformational and they've done that in a relatively short space of time to turn around such an institution that digitally native part is probably key to that as well actually in terms of unlocking the commercial aspects but there's i don't think there's any other club in scotland that does it as well as, as rangers but then again i don't think there's any other club in scotland that has such a spread of I would say really, really top tier fan media sites who are all producing really good content uh, and all producing it, you know, regularly. And I'm really open, you know, it's a really good collective. Whilst everybody's doing their own, you know, individual things, we, we share analysis, we share information, we share you know, friendships and stuff like that. Um, it's not a us first uh, scenario. And I think the club, you know, slowly but surely are, you know, coming around to that type of type of working arrangement as well. Um, just, just to go back to Graham's point as well, because I was thinking about it. Those pigeons, that's what happens when you don't have a GoFundMe page and you want the red arrows. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you end up with Pigeon Squadron. Right? So that was my uh, that was as much as I was willing to put forward. So bird seed. Um and I'm sure Graham will back me up when he says obviously Alan McGregor was shouting nothing but encouragement to the referee for a stellar performance uh, as well. But yeah, to go, again, back to your question, uh, uh, wandering away from it, as I usually like to do, Rangers are very good at that. Long may continue, and they've obviously made a strategic decision to be good at it, which is a good thing. And we see the engagement of former players, current players, you know, this type of thing as well. Um, aye, and to see people like Graham getting into the, you know, into the games as well, that, that helps fans remember what it, what it's like to be at games too. I, I have to admit, just to bookend that, or just to close it out, just before the game, an hour or so before the game on Rangers' Twitter feed, they were doing this photographs from different parts of this stadium and they were asking people. And it, it just hit me. Because I was looking at it, I was thinking, oh, I've not been in my seat. You know, for the longest time. And I really miss it. Oh, I really miss it. And I really miss meeting the guys for a beer and chatting with the guys in my, uh, and women in my section and stuff like that, the people in my section. And, uh, you know, have, having a laugh. Um, I don't think I've seen any of them since this is Ibrox started. <laughs> so now you're a celebrity. Oh, aye, aye. With, a, with, a, with, a, with a small C and no uh, ebriety to the end. Um, <laughs> but no, but it's just been that long. I only use it as a you know as a kind of time marker for myself, right? But um, none of us have been there, you know. So Graham's a great opportunity to do it, but he also has to do it professionally because he's a professional and he goes in there to report. But he's still accessing the club, and I think Rangers giving fan media, therefore fans, the opportunity to do that as opposed to just pulling another mainstream media um, representative off the shelf is so much to their credit. Just just to add to that, Tommy, uh, it's important to note the mainstream media, you know, the, the papers, the traditional press and the, the major broadcasters, they've lost their monopoly that they once held. Uh, you know, the rise of social media and, and things associated to it. You know, it has democratised uh, media output. So, 
basically outlets like this is Ibrox, like Heart and Hands. Uh, they're you know an evolution in a way of the 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 fanzines uh, of of yestergear. Obviously, follow follow. You know, is still going strong, uh, predominantly online now. Uh, but it's just a continuation. Previously speaking with David Edgar, he made a good point that you know the club are, are looking and, and seeing where the fans are, are getting their their media from. So if sites like Heart and Hand, you know, have a significant number of, of subscribers, if outlets like this is Ibrox are, are getting good hits on, on YouTube for, for this pod. And, and things like that, you know, why wouldn't the, the club be engaging? Uh, so in between, you know, we had this situation at Rangers, you know, the, the ongoing saga, you know, with, with the BBC, and, and not to get into that, you know, so the, the, there is that. Uh, there's the likes of, of, of Graham Spears, uh, who, you know, decided to add his Toppensworth over the weekend, uh, comparing, you know, Ibrox to a North Korea style, uh, dictatorship uh, and, and, and nonsense like this, you know, a bit of uh, self awareness, you know, w- would be, would you know, would be decent uh, f- for the likes of him. Uh, looking at the bigger picture, you know, we can see why fan media has taken off. You know, you look down south, uh, the likes of uh, the Anfield Rap and Red Men TV at Liverpool. Excellent, you know, full professional uh, productions uh, running pretty much around the clock at all games, uh, engaging with, with uh, a large section of their their fan base. I don't think that fan media uh, should apologise for being biased. We are fans and we are upfront about that, but we still can be objective. Uh, we should, you know, call it as we see it. Uh, you know, okay, we might lose a few staunch points here and there uh, for, you know, maybe giving the other team some kind of credit, uh, you know, to an extent, we're, you know, we're still fans, uh, but, you know, it's about respect, you know, certainly in my position uh, yesterday, you know, I was respectful of the fact that, you know, I was there as fan media, uh, certain mainstream outlets and journalists may look down uh, at people like us and the position we are being given, but also plenty of other uh, mainstream and seasoned journalists are also football fans. You know, we're so we're not that different. You know, so it's a, a good conversation. But fan media is here; it's here to stay, and you know, it's only it's only going to get you know better and, and stronger. That, that that's all. Yeah. So that that's all. Um, that's all rel- relatively fascinating, I should say. And I agree with some of you on that, and I'd probably disagree with you on several parts of it as well, to be honest with you, Graham. But just to pick up on one or two key points there, you know, the objectivity and the bias part, and being biased and being, object- or being objective, and that's a hard s- circle to square off, and that's a different conversation for a different time. You also have to face into, whilst you're, you know, probably reasonably correct when you say democratisation, and I get some of that. You have to remember some of the democratisation comes with a cost to behind it, and I mean a tangible cost to people accessing sites. Mm-hmm. And then you also find behind that 
there's larger investment from some of the mainstream media that are backing some of these fine media sites. So it's maybe not as objective and independent as you, you may be, you know, broadly speaking there. Uh, and that's not directed at you particularly, it's just in the broader theme. And then you have to make sure that you understand with that democratization and to use your example and being a bit more of a critical thinker here, I suppose, in challenging that, you say, well, okay, you know, the club is looking at where media is being drawn by the fans from. Okay, so then you need to be really, really careful. You don't just become an echo chamber to tell good news stories. And so that takes us back to that objective part and that objectivity part, which is really key and central to me. And then on top of that, you need to overlay the fact that you don't become just an outlet for the club's good news stories and an extension of their PR department. Absolutely. And those are all very, very real crystallised risks across that fan media democratised landscape that you're talking about. Some of it because it's a regulatory grey area as well. Uh, you know, just to encapsulate that, there is still a space for mainstream media. There should still be space for a mainstream independent media not affiliated with the club or the fan base. To lose that would be to lose more of ourselves than we think. But are we right to challenge that? And are we right to challenge fan media? Yes. Do we have to be very, very careful that the stories that are promoted within fan media aren't based on the fact that we have a close relationship with the club or we've done the right thing by them or we're willing to walk past bad moments or not have a power of facing uncomfortable truths about ourselves as a support or our club or whatever's performing? Absolutely not. Everything's going really well for Rangers right now, so it's easy to be, to an extent, in fan media. The proof of that pudding will come when there's a challenging aspect to it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so whilst I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, I think it's probably quite clear that I disagree with some of it as well, and some of those risks need to be in our minds when we are taking part in fan media, listening to fan media, glorifying fan media. Yeah, independence is, is key. Graham, I'm going to come back to you on, on the on the game itself on Saturday. Um, I actually felt Dundee United came and had a, a bit of a go at us. On, so the first 25 minutes, I actually thought they would whisper it, but I felt they were the better team, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they started the game better than us. Mickey Mellon, from everything you believe that, that Clive Tilsley was saying, was, was right into his team from the off, encouraging them to, to, to sort of press into us as, as best as they could. Um, however... We kind of got into our groove, I think, was the term that Stephen Gerrard used post-match. And it was a really inspired Joe Aribo performance as the afternoon went on, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I would agree with that, Scott. Uh, Dundee United were quicker out of the blocks. Uh, as early as the first few minutes, uh, Mickey Mellon was out on the touchline, you know, barking uh, at his players. They appeared to uh, focus on congesting the middle of the pitch. You know, they, they were quite strong centrally. Uh, they they had those chances uh, that, that you mentioned there. Alan McGregor stepped up uh, and, and provided that base uh, and the springboard, uh, you know, for us to get into the game. You know, it, it was almost, you know, Rangers, you know, almost like a, a boxer kind of, you know, sort of just weighing up the opponent, uh, getting ready. And then, you know, then we let fly with, with the punches. You know, so Dundee United, you know, were a bit hard done by, you know, and to continue the the boxing analogy, it was, uh, you know, like a double sucker punch uh, for those two goals that, that we, we got uh, and we didn't look back. Uh, 
and that's the way it should be. You know, some games, you know, we won't be firing on all cylinders, but once you get your nose ahead, you know, then you, you know, uh, keep going forward. That that's what we did. You know, once uh, we got the first goal, uh, the players seemed to relax. Uh, they, they they stepped it up immediately. Uh, once we were were two 0 up, you know, it was it, it was fairly comfortable. Uh, it, it could have been more. Uh, the manager spoke about he was a bit unhappy at how we saw the game uh, and yeah Alan McGregor was not happy uh, at, at losing uh, that clean sheet uh, you know, I mentioned uh, at the at the start of the programme uh, maybe in our chat before my mind's going already you know about <laughs> players freestyling and lifting their game yeah. uh, but yeah, didn't we see that from from Joe Rebo? Uh, early on, you could tell, you know, his his uh, you know his hips were were swiveling. You know, he looked in the mood. You know, <laughs> his his head was up. Um, good movement, uh, good use of the ball. You know, he sort of saved the best uh, for the, the thunderbolt in the in the second half. Uh, Funny enough, the uh, guy beside me yesterday, uh, he was from the Courier, uh, covering the game from a Dundee United perspective, and he'd sort of asked me about Arebo uh, and what I thought. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I had mentioned his sort of football upbringing and in the cage football of, of South London. And... Calvin Bassey, who we have, you know, other players in the Premiership like uh, Zaha, yeah. uh, Crystal Palace, and you know others. You know, it's it's real street football, and you can you can see that in in the way he plays. Uh, he's great to watch. He's an entertainer. You know, obviously the main drifts back to to Braga last season uh, and the Maisie run. Uh, I, I just love the way so many times. It's almost like he's run the ball too far, or he's he's lost it, and and, and the big the big leg comes out, and, and just twists twists the ball uh, away. Yeah, he was he was fantastic, uh, but you know we had Morales' work rate again yesterday. Uh, we had Hadji's movement uh, a few times. I was just watching him, not watching the ball, uh, you know, which we don't uh, get to do uh, on TV, and. You know, he's very, very good. Uh, he was surprisingly vocal as well. Uh, not to the extent of Alan McGregor, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he, he was good. You know, he, he was making himself heard. And the uh, industry of, of Ryan Kent. You know, it wasn't uh, Kent's best game uh, yesterday. Uh, but, you know, he was he, he was buzzing around. So, I just think the players sense it. You know, they, they can smell victory. Uh, you know, we're very close uh, to to getting their hands on on the trophy and it just pleased me that we we put the game to bed yesterday you know there may have been a wee bit of nerves from outside you know at losing tav you know balogun was you know more than efficient he brought his own style uh, to to right back and you know he got up got up the pitch well you know as I said yesterday he's played in the Premier League he's played in, in the Bundesliga he's a Nigerian international you know he, he's no mug you know far from it he, he's a good player 
uh, certainly at, at Scottish Premiership level. So I've no worries about that. I'm not sure if he'll be able to play every game, uh, but that that's something you know for going forward. And of course, we had the 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 niggle, the the calf strain for for Ryan Jack. Uh, so yes, very very good. Uh, minor blip to concede the goal, but you know it's it tells you where we're at. You know when we're splitting hers, you know over a a consolation goal uh, for for the opposition, and when we've only scored four goals, so you know brilliant. Enjoy it, drink it in. Tommy, I know you're a huge fan of Joe Rebo, um, and the, the, the goal was just perfectly placed, wasn't it? The Dundee the, the United goalkeeper is actually quite a good goalkeeper, as we saw um, the penalty save from, from Barisic. Any penalty that doesn't go is a bad penalty, in my eyes, but I thought it was a decent save. Um, however, there was no danger he was getting anywhere near the Rebo effort in the second half, was he? No, you're right. Um, you know, Seagrass is a decent, a decent goalkeeper, actually. Um, Personally, I would say Barisic telegraphed that penalty. It was pretty much exactly the same place that he hit the two uh, against Antwerp as well. Because of the lefties, you know, they go <laughs> the same way. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. The the power generation uh, and the direction for for the uh, the goal in the second half was was phenomenal. And I think it actually hits the the inside of the post, you know, and goes in. The keeper's not getting there for for love the money and with a cherry picker. People won't have a glib way of a glib way of putting it. But yeah, it, it gives you all that, and I, I, I'm taking back. I suppose you know, for if you look back the way slightly, I'm always taking back to. Um, I think it was just after the Braga game, actually. So forgetting the goal itself, but Stephen Gerrard was saying, "I need people to come with me on Joe Rebo." Yeah, he's going to be frustrating. I personally think anybody that plays near or at the top of the park is by definition going to be frustrating because they're the ones that are trying to make things happen. So things will come off, they won't come off, they'll be all confidence players, they won't, right? Although I tend to believe that everybody's a confidence player to some extent, but it's neither here nor there in terms of your question. But he was saying that because Joe Rebo is all the talent. He's more mobile than I first thought he would be. He's up for a physical fight. He's got a really good physique. He's certainly got the technical ability and you know, Graham has referenced some of that cage football stuff that has helped inform the way they approaches the game. And he's definitely got an eye for a goal. I remember he's finished against Hibs as well. Yeah. Um, which was an absolute, absolute screamer. Um, yeah, if, if we can keep Joe Rebo for another season and we get more out of him again, much to um, <laughs> Lee Boyer's uh, chagrin, I would imagine, then we, he's another one that goes into that basket of He'll come up here, he'll develop, we'll be a better team because of him as well. He'll win trophies, we'll make a big fat profit. Uh, if you're cycling through those things consistently with players, your club's in a pretty good place. You know, we've touched on that with the Glenn Kamara, we've touched on it with the Anas Hadji, we've touched on it with anybody around Kent or Alfredo Morelos, who I think some people still forget only cost the you know, base part of a million pounds, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's the business model. I personally just like the way that Joe Rebo approaches the game. I love that freedom of movement, and it, it does look as if he is just playing um, in that cage, still with with his mates. It's just very loose. It's very rangy. It's a style that I enjoy. I enjoy watching to a large extent. Weirdly, and it not like for like, but weirdly, it reminds me a bit of a Davy Cooper because Davy Cooper didn't play the game in a um, a rigid way. Yeah. 
I'm not saying the same types of players or anything like that, but you watch a David Cooper or a Jim Baxter, you heart back to any of that type of thing, even a Gaza to an extent. And they're Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'm spot on there. You know, I just like the way that players approach that and actually they're, they're, being, they're being drilled out of the game. They're being coached out of the game, that type of thing. So to see it in our doorstep, in our, in our jersey, I can't get enough of it. I love, I love watching them. You know, it's the same, it's the opposite side of the ledger to a, let's say, a, a Ryan Jack who's a bit more rigid, but he needs to be. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Rebo. I, I'm having to stop myself because I've sensed that I could talk about Joe Rebo for a lot longer. But yeah, long may, long may Joe smash them in from the edge of the box. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll happily watch that all day long. Tommy, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with you because... We spoke about this prior to starting and um, I do feel every season that there comes a point in the season where you hear um, a pundit say about the team that are maybe racing to the title that their goalkeeper has saved them X amount of points this season. Um, Alan McGregor makes a really wonderful save from from Lauren Shankland at nothing each. Um, and it's been an epitome of what the last few weeks have been like. He's pulled out really important saves at, at varying times in games over the past three to four weeks. Um, do you think Alan McGregor is better at the club this time round than he was first? Well, watch me take my time to get to that answer. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you like me? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you like me? No, but, you, you know, I think, for example, Graham, Graham referenced the fact that we didn't start particularly well in the Dundee United game and you get Alan McGregor making saves. So, you know, I agree with that. And probably add to it, you get those, it's not so much a cliche because it's a, it's a formative factual thing, but you get the confidence of the back four because they know if they're having a bad game or they've started badly, Almagregor's going by and large, bail them out. And then you extrapolate that through all the moments of the season, all those crystallised moments whereby somebody broke through or a ball broke loose. And instead of, instead of it being a goal that we had to get back or a yeah. game that we had to get back into, we were still on parity or still one ahead or whatever, you, know, you, you can't overstate that type of stuff. And a lot of people will say, that's a goalkeeper's job. True, but there's goalkeepers who do their job and there's goalkeepers who engender confidence through the rest of the team. And they're two separate things. You know, A good example would be David De Gea, who used to be a keeper who gave confidence to the entire team. And now I would reckon he's just a keeper that does his job. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. You know? uh, and Al McGregor is definitely in the, gives confidence to the entire team. And if they're not sure of it, they'll certainly hear it. <laughs> because it's Graham's reference as well. I think I think he likes to tell people that he's that he's there. <laughs> all of which all of which has let me unwind the ball of string in my mind to say pound for pound, this version of Alan McGregor is better than the first one. And I say that for two main reasons. The wealth of experience in the game that he has brought in terms of being on the pitch and the way that he's able to maintain his positioning uh, and close down spaces and read that game is so much the better, actually. And that just comes from experience. And the second one is, this time round, he is one of the required senior leaders who set the standards on a daily basis within that squad that has helped get us to a place whereby we're talking about signal digit points to bring us 55, or the 55th lead title, I should say. That's why he's better than the first iteration of Alan McGregor in a Rangers jersey. Graham, same question. I agree with Tommy for what it's worth. Graham, same question to you. It seems to 
mean more to him this time. Uh, not that you know, I'm not saying that he didn't care uh, first time around. Yeah. Far from it. You know, he gave us plenty of, of excellent memories. You know, and I'm uh, fortunate and grateful. You know that I, I witnessed many of them live. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at the stadiums. One thing that that's very prevalent. You know, time is very much against them right now. Uh, I'm sure at the start of the season, you know, he's thinking, if we don't win the league this season, uh, you know, will I have another chance? Yeah. You know, as we are going to win the league, uh, and I, I feel fine saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of bravado, you know, until recently. Uh, but if we do win the league, uh, for Did me... Did you just drop an F there? Did you just drop an F there? An F there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm fooling myself here. When we win the league, when we win the league, uh, it provides another incentive for me in terms of carrying on. Uh, the manager spoke recently that you know, in due course, in a few weeks, he will sit down with McGregor and have that conversation. As a league winner, uh, having another shot at the Champions League quite possibly his last, that is a different conversation than, come on, Alan, I need you uh, to try at the fourth time of asking to win the league. Would it even be Steven Gerrard asking the question? You know, thankfully, that that's hypothetical. Uh, but one thing, while Tommy was, you know, giving his opinion, I'm kind of thinking here, and... I think there's a strong argument that he has been more consistent and more uh, pivotal uh, across individual games. You know, great goal, great goalkeepers. You know, save their team. Okay, it's what they're there to do, but it, it separates the the great from the good. You know, David de Gea was mentioned there. You know, his stock is is much much lower than, than what it was previously. Um, but this season, McGregor's been the man for the big moments, you know, and another big moments, and you know, it will go down on the record of this season as the final, you know, kick up the arse that was needed, yeah. uh, which was Hamilton uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, we saw that raw, visceral passion and the hunger. You know, no doubt, you know, he was straight into that dressing room, you know, telling the players exactly what he thought. Uh, you know, he had a wee bit of misfortune, the Callaghan's equaliser, you know, went in off him. Uh, but, you know, he quickly came out in front of the cameras. It was reassuring for the fans. It was kind of, you know, what we wanted to hear. Uh, but most importantly, the, the players went out, you know, after that, uh, and we got the win. Uh I got Kilmarnock uh, last week and put it to bed. Uh, followed that up with an impressive showing in Europe, showing character, determination and bottle. Uh, and a bit of risk, uh, but the reward was worth the risk to go for the win on Thursday night, mm-hmm. You know, which puts us into the, a commanding position for the return leg, which we will get on to, uh, I know. Uh, but yeah, for me... He has been, you know, head and shoulders, a leader, an influence, and yeah, just a, 
a shining light this season for us. You will, you'll unquestion. Sorry, Tom, and you go. It was a very, it was a very quick comment, actually, not particularly related to that. It was, uh, well, semi related to that. How much better Rangers, Rangers' choice of people going in front of the camera, how much more logical, how much more um, reasonable it's been in terms of where we've seen previous uh, iterations of managers whereby players are just getting thrown out left, right, and centre, and you're thinking, why is that player out in front of the camera? There's been a consistent uptick in that type of thing. It's driven, obviously, by the fact that our manager's you know, very comfortable in front of the camera because he's lived in front of it. But you know, to see things like a potentially bad result, people still getting a little bit nervous because that was that last-minute winner, uh, sorry, equaliser against Hamilton, they failed to defeat and stuff like that. Um, all of a sudden, you've got a man who you know is a Rangers man, whatever that phrase means in terms of professionals, but who's been there, done it, and who lives and breathes the club coming straight out and making it very clear that there was a displeasure at that performance and that would be communicated to everybody and being communicated back to the fans lets you, it fills that void immediately of, were oh, they up for it? Did they realise what it, what it means? Which permeates a lot of people's thoughts sometimes. It really did put a capstone on that. They know, he knows, and he's not going to let them forget. It was a really important moment. Rangers are quite good at that at the moment in terms of putting the right people out at the right times in front of the camera. Small point, but worthwhile saying. Tommy, I'll stick with you. You were lucky enough to get uh, a 30-minute chat so with Greg Marshall, the supporters liaison officer, last week with regards to the return leg um, at, at Ibrox on Thursday and Rangers have tonight, Monday, um, announced that there's going to be a, a virtual watch-along, which sounds really, really interesting. I wonder if you could take a couple of minutes to, to just explain the, the initiative and the yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Greg's a, Greg's a fantastic guy. I think a lot of people listening will, will know him as well. To go from Dave King to uh, Greg, though, I mean, I, I don't think he'll <laughs> have a go at me. That was a slightly, slightly different trajectory. But, um, yeah, so Rangers were looking at how they could enhance opportunities to engage with the fans. So it's all about, obviously, you know, sitting on fan media. The irony is not lost on me. We've discussed that earlier. And so one of the things that they have promoted, I think they promoted it today officially as well, is a watch-along party for the return leg of the, the Antwerp team. Now, being very clear, a purchasing a ticket to this watch-along does not get you access to BT Sport to watch the game. Yeah. You have to have BT Sport or use legitimate streams or whatever the, um, the This Is iBooks lawyers are telling me to say when it, when it comes to talking about that type of thing. Yeah. Um, don't don't click on over fifties you know, stuff in the in the corner or whatever it is, right? But swiftly moving on from that. So yeah, the, the prices are set at two tiers. So it's three nine to nine for you know uh, tier one or five nine to nine, and they come with different things like access to the you know uh, or a copy, a digital copy of the program, you know my years points, all that type of thing. And I would recommend anybody goes onto the Rangers website and has a look at the FAQ pages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But essentially, three ninety nine or five ninety nine on both tiers, you get a ticket for the watch along party. Now that will be hosted by Clive Towsley and Jermaine Defoe. Excellent. And using uh, an app that you'll have to download if you're interested in this, called Hot Mike, and that's H O T space M I C Hot Mike. It will sync up, and I'll speak about this in a second because a small technical point. It will sync up with the BT Sport coverage, so you don't get, you know, Clive talking about us scoring, and you've still not seen it on your. Yeah. On your BT, yeah, so it syncs up. So you need two smart devices, one to watch the game, that could be a TV or whatever, and then one to watch the watch along, which could be a phone or a tablet or a laptop, 
anything like that. Download the hot mic app, right? And you can interact directly with Jermaine and Clive and their guests, etc. in terms of comments, uh, stories, there'll be prizes, there'll be giveaways, these types of things as well. So it's all about making sure that, you know, the Rangers fans can interact with, you know, players and Clive, etc. who will be speaking to fans and stuff like that as well. There is, obviously, it's worthwhile saying, more money goes into the club because that's a revenue stream as well and that shouldn't be, you know, walked past. And ultimately, it's a watch-long party for all the fans given by the club. So I would, su I would suggest going and have a look at it. Go and look at the FAQ pages on the website, find out what it's about and, you know, get involved. Graham, there's a place up for grabs uh, in the last 16 after the game on Thursday night. I think we've seen enough in Belgium to go into the game with a reasonable degree of confidence. Um, I would, however, sort of cast our mind back not too far to standard Liège coming to Ibrox and proving to be a bit of a challenge initially. Um, I don't think it will be a pushover by any matter of means on Thursday. However, I think we can go into the game reasonably confident that we can progress into the next round. Yes, absolutely. I would have liked to have been a, a fly on the wall uh, when uh, Gerard and the, the coaching staff uh, did the, you know, the analysis of, of the game last Thursday. When you consider the goals uh, that Antwerp uh, scored, uh, the first one, uh, the header, you know, uh, Borna Barisic won't have enjoyed watching that back. You know, he was a mile away from the guy. Uh, and, you know, you could say the header was well placed, but it seems, you know, how many times out of 10 uh, does he does he put that away? Uh, the the penalty, you know, that they got, you know, yes, there was contact, but come on. Uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, VAR wasn't able to rescind that, you know, it, it makes a bit of a mockery of it. You know, it's there to get big calls right, you know. Right. Is that really where we're going? You know, should a, a tap, and it was a tap uh, on his heel, uh, you know, it, it turned out to, you know, a, a sideways dive. Uh, the third goal, you know, we were a bit loose. Uh, I think the boy, uh, you know, he made a late run into the position and, you know, fair play to him. It was a crack and finish off the post. Uh, so, you know, we were a bit loose defensively. Uh, I don't think we were quite at it in terms of our control in the middle of the pitch. Uh, Stephen Davis, you know, who has been excellent for us, you know, wasn't quite uh, on his on his game. I thought, you know, he still was decent, uh, but I think that Thursday, uh, if we go into the game, uh, you know, it's about balance. Uh, if we have our our organisation and our shape right. You know, which I'm sure it will be, that creates the foundation then uh, for us to to go forward. At some point, you know, they need to attack. Uh, there wasn't really as much of a structure to Antwerp uh, and a sort of style of play uh, compared to uh, Standard. I thought uh, it was a, a great entertaining game, uh, but... You know, I'm, I'm glad we won last week. We are in the, you know, we have the advantage of, you know, not needing to win. Uh, a draw does us, but on on our home soil, you know, I'm more than fancy as to, to get a result. 
we can't overlook the, the fact that the referee's performance had last week. You know, he had a big part uh, in that game uh, and certain calls. He seemed very quick to show cards to our players. Uh, personally, I thought our second penalty shouldn't have been a penalty, but one we got given against this shouldn't have been. So um, maybe that that cancels, you know, one cancels the other out. Uh, I think we can play better overall in terms of our defence will be better this Thursday. Uh, Antwerp have the <laughs> the box office Lam Kelze uh, back on Thursday, uh, and for. Uh, I was going to say listeners, not listeners, viewers who, who may not be aware of him. He was the guy who, in a dispute with the club, uh, turned up wearing an Anderlecht shirt uh, to training to yeah. try and force a move to Panathinaikos. Uh, I'm told uh, by a, a Dutch journalist uh, who I was speaking to before the game last week, uh, he also keeps an eye on Belgian football, that the guy is just box office. You know, it's if it's not getting sent off, you know, it's wearing shirts, it's noising up his, his teammates. Uh, and the ultras actually came to the training ground to try and physically remove him. Uh, apparently, they made a, a pact with the club that uh, in order for them to leave and not cause hassle, uh, that the club w- were selling him uh, in the transfer window. Uh, but Verkaterin, uh, who was only appointed uh, last month, uh, he decided, no, I need him because he's actually quite a good player. So he's one to watch out for on, on Thursday. Uh, however, I'm, I'm more than confident. It's not a case of, oh, we can just draw. You know, we're in control. You know, we will be confident. Uh, we should fancy ourselves to win. Uh, I, not to be disrespectful or to underestimate them because at times they, they caused us problems. Uh, but we should have no fear if we play our own game, if we apply ourselves, and if we pick them off at the right times. There's goals there for us. Tommy, you'll fancy us on Thursday, yeah? Uh, I, I do, yeah. Just before that, um, in terms of when the, when he turned up to to the training ground in, in an Andalite shirt, unconfirmed reports from Belgian journalists that he had a roof on the back. <laughs> um, but maybe neither here at this point in time. But yeah, he's got he's got a bit of the Balotelli's about. Him. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we. I think the game was characterised probably primarily about defensive lapses and lack of control and lack of discipline, rather than enlightening moments of football. You know, uh, Ryan Kent's goal aside and stuff like that, and Jory Bo's nice soft finish. But by and large, it was two teams that kind of forgot some of the basics. And that's what led to a lot of it. I agree as well, you know, some strange decisions from the referee, but they, they're not standard Liege. Standard Liege are better, in my in my opinion. I know people point to the table and stuff like that, but I think they drew with standard Liege before they played us, and then they drew with St. True. Yeah. No, no, uh, yesterday as well. So, yeah, I, I I sense that they won't get as many opportunities. Uh, Ibrox will be set up in a slightly different way. Not everything will go for them. I think we'll still carry a threat and dominate the possession. We'll be a bit smarter and a bit more disciplined than we were the other night out in Belgium. And we'll, yeah, I, I fully expect us to go through um, playing playing Ibrox as well. It's, it's all in our favour. Um, we just need to make sure that we yeah, maintain that discipline 
and don't give away anything stupid and you know the start of the game or anything like that. Um, be interesting to see VAR make it make an appearance again. Always, always an enlightening, funny period. But, uh, exactly. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right to, to make that short answer. I fully expect us to, to beat uh, Royal Antwerp. I don't think they are as good as that scoreline would make you think, just reading it black and white. Uh, they they kind of got a lot of luck on the night. We got some as well. I don't disregard that. Pound for pound, are we a better side? Yeah, we are. Graeme, before I let you disappear until until next time, why don't you, you take the opportunity to let us know a little bit about Vital Rangers? Yes, certainly. Uh, so Vital Rangers uh, is a network site. Uh, on the Vital Football uh, platform uh, provided by Snack Media. Uh, so there's myself and there's Gavin Kelly, uh, who's a, a good blue nose uh, and a, a very good writer. Uh, so every day uh, we have uh, news, views, opinion. Uh, I like to uh, lead on fan culture stuff and tell different stories relating to, you know, to, to us, uh, the Rangers fans uh, and similar uh, written content uh, that, that you'll see online. Uh, so we're on Twitter. Uh, we're at Vital Rangers. Uh, the, the website is rangers.vitalfootball.co.uk. Uh, so check us out, please. Uh, you'll also find a lot of my work on my own Twitter page, which is at Graeme818. Uh, not spelt like Graham Roberts, just there behind me. <laughs> uh, but I was named after uh, Mr. Sunes, yeah. uh, born. That's right answer. That's definitely right answer. So, you know, staunch and all that. Uh, so yes, that that's where you'll 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 find my work uh, most of all. Uh, and yes, uh, please check it out and let me know what you think. Graham, I thoroughly appreciate you joining us in the pod this week. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So before I let everyone sort of head out, until next time, we should say, and Tommy, we alluded to this uh, on last week's pod, uh, Rangers have been good enough to give us access to, to cover the, the women's game moving forward. And from the from the first week in March, this is Ibrox, we'll be, we'll be rolling out a, a women's co- podcast. It'll be myself, Tommy, Willie Boyd will be in there as well. And we're going to be joined by Graham Falk, who's, who's a a friend of the show we're also bringing on board a, a lady called Courtney McKenzie she's going to join us as well and we've got a very special guest for, for the first pod that'll go out weekending rather the, the 5th of March so really looking forward to that and again um, kudos to the club for, for giving us access and, and helping us out um, where we need it Thomas we will we'll do it all again next week I appreciate you joining us um, Thursday night is the next is the next big game that we have to look forward to Yes, bring it, bring it on, and my thanks to yourself uh, as always, Scott, and and for Graham for joining us. Really, really good and interesting chat. Enjoyed that this evening, gents. So good luck to Rangers on Thursday. We will um, do it all again next week. Thanks for watching. Bye bye. Like an animal, something so physical. Burn it down. Let your fear out. Let your fear out. You're listening to This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast. Brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them on 01453 or via email hello at hhhmortgages.com.